G'day guys, hope you're all doing well. It is your friendly neighborhood coach. I need a new line. I keep going down Spider-Man route. Once you kind of on that, you kind of just stick to it. It's like muscle memory. G'day, it is all things talking broken realms. We are focusing on the key character in this book. It is Marathi. We are talking Daughters of Cain and I have probably the most prolific Daughters of Cain player that I know uh, he not only is competitive, not only is he someone who just explores places outside of Hagnar, uh, it is a man who's completely dedicated to the Daughters of Cain. It is Strength Hammer himself, Chuck Moore. G'day, how are you, Chuck? I'm I'm good. Uh, although I thought we were talking about Tay Rathi, not Murathi. I might have well, prepped a little now. So it's, it's right. I've, jo I've joined the cult now. So for anyone who doesn't <laughs> know, um, Chuck is an absolute megastar when it comes to Taylor Swift, actually uh, slides into her DMs. Actually, she, she slides it into his DMs. Um, this guy is so committed to Marathi that uh, this is actually Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> I love it. As if you weren't getting it, as if I was going to not bring that up. Uh, so Chuck is a absolute Daughters of Cain fanatic. He is the high oracle of all things Daughters of Cain. So I couldn't think of a better person to talk about this book. And when I looked at Broken Realms and Marathi, and I think for as a Daughters of Cain, uh, I guess, opponent, I, I've i recently picked up this, um, this army. It's going to be my armies on parade for 2021. And for all my experience playing up against Daughters of Cain, my opponents have just run Witch Elves, Sisters of Slaughter, Marathi, Hag Queen, Cauldron. There's been a whole block of about five to six units that they would always run. And the snakes are something that hasn't really been touched. And because of Shadow and Pain, because of Broker Realms Marathi, there's a whole new way of playing this book. Um, you know, Marathi itself has changed. Um, and I thought I would be really curious to, to learn from your experiences. I know you've been playing a bunch of games. I know you've had a whole bunch of experience to say, how has Daughters of Cain evolved with the new temple, with the new War Scrolls? We have a new model. We have a new character. There's a lot going on. Am I Should I just be building three blocks or four blocks of Witch Elves, or is there a new a new sister to the party? So, Chuck, Strength Hammer, anything you want to say before we get straight into these rules? Yeah, I, I know. Like you said, I... I... Play, I mostly play Kraith. I will admit that that's my favorite uh, temple to play. But I have played every temple, including Xanthar Kai. I actually got my first official game in with it last night against the clubmate Ben. Um, probably why you've seen lots of uh, Witch Elf spam is originally when Daughters came out, I got to write one of the early articles for it on the Warcom website. And uh, yeah, I said take 90 Witch Elves because it was good. <laughs> and it has proven to be good. But uh, there's definitely a lot more, a, more legs and snakes now than ever before. I'll put it that way. <laughs> there's there's some really cool list tech that I've been noticing because, you know, in the past it was a matter of, you know, do I run Witch Elves? Do I run Sisters of Slaughter? How do I take advantage of a six-inch right. pile-in? You know, there was these little trick where, you know, you take Marathi and Marathi would transport. If you had Kraith, uh, not Kraith, uh, if you had uh, Calibron, you would then use the teleport. Like there was... I just want to be shot. yep. Yeah, like Daughters of Cain had this play style that they always used. But I'm not seeing or I'm not hearing as much of that. People are now looking at the book a little bit differently, which I think I'm really excited about and something that I want to unpack with you in this particular episode. So 
before I get into that and um, the, the 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 reference to Taylor Swift, by the way, is that Chuck and I ha did have a pop star battle at, yeah. at Adepticon. It was Britney versus Taylor Swift. I'm wearing my Britney shirt. Britney did win that battle, and I have now joined the cult of Daughters of Cain, and I'm going to bring Britney to the house um, because she is a goddess. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited, too, to see your uh, Armies of Parade board because you do stunning work. I'm not sure if anyone hasn't seen your stuff yet, but like I can't wait to see your daughter's cane armies. I have a, I have a good idea already. I've I've started building it. That's that's crazy. Daughters of Cain literally, I've literally picked up this army two weeks ago. I already have two thousand points as of next this Sunday, so two days from now. Um, and I already started my display board. So oh, that's great. Uh, that's I'm, great. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> but before I get into it, and uh, g'day to everyone as well who's either joining from the podcast, who's joining live, uh, it's awesome to see you guys all here. Talk to me about the strength of the army. Talk to me about why would I start a Daughters of Cain army or what's kept you in this army for so long? I know you've kind of deviated a little bit to Slanesh and, you know, we're bringing you back. Yeah. But what what drew you to Daughters and what's what are they good at? I mean, really, the initial draw of Daughters uh, was actually Marathi herself, just the character and, and that little teaser video they did and just like the voiceover work. I was like, OK, I was kind of leaning towards it. It's like, OK, then I just went all in, fell in love with it. And then when I played the army, it is just fun. As you play, you get stronger. Um, it kind of it kind of plays the way you think Corn should play. Because Corn plays definitely more of the martial prowess going on, which I, I do have a Corn army and I'm not very good with it. But this plays like you want. You want to run forward. You want to be screaming bloody murder, and you want to tear opponents up. Doesn't mean you're not going to take models off. I take models off in droves, but I'm also taking your opponents' models off. It's you can get very tactical based upon what temple you take. Like you take Calibron, you can get very tactical. Hagnar, obviously, you're going to be very defensive. Um, Kraith, uh, that I like to play, like you're definitely like rolling the dice on that one, but. Uh, and not to mention just having that flat six up save fanatical face save for the army wide is just, it's just so satisfying. I mean, yeah, sure. Like you have a five up or six up armor and then you have a six up after save, but still it's just nice rolling dice over and over again. Oh, and, that, and that's the other thing. If you take blocks of witch elves, um, or scissors of slaughter, you are rolling buckets of dice and it is a satisfying feeling and you get rerolls everywhere. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's amazing. And, um, I think I got a little bit tired of daughters at one point because it just became, maybe it was just my opponents. I'm looking at you, Liam, um, who would just run Witch Elf spam. And I'm always mm -hmm. like, you know, and I think when I played you at Adepticon and you showed a different way of playing, like it wasn't just Hagnar with a whole bunch of saves. You know, you explored the book a little bit differently. I have played a little bit of Calibron and I'll be building a Calibron list. But, and it's awesome to see the chat, by the way, some very meta people who are actually literally building Daughters of Cain models while they're watching this stream. So that's, uh, that's super great. meta. That's super yeah, yeah. meta. That's awesome. And I recently learned that I shouldn't glue the heads and the hair onto the bodies of my witch elves. I should separate them and it makes painting easier. I wish I knew that 10 witch elves ago. Um, I, th I don't know. I, to me, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I understand why people do it, but I, I, you can get away without it. I guess it just depends on what you're doing with the hair. I just do a flat, uh, well, not flat, but I just do like a solid solid color. But if you're doing that layering from one color into another, yes, and definitely separate it. Well, I'm inspired by the drow elves. So I'm going to go with Dungeons and Dragons again. I, my, my gargants were very Dungeons and Dragon frost giants. Uh, I'm now going to the dark elf drow gray skin. So yeah, um, there you go. trying to find that without looking like stone is a challenge. But... 
getting into into this book and um i'm very keen to understand because first off we do get this book this broken realms book marathi's got a whole bunch of rules but the thing about this is that broken realms isn't the only place as a daughter's a cane player as at currently present don't at me it's december 2020 something may change but we have got we, we got a whole bunch of rule updates you got some new war scrolls in this particular book you got some new war scrolls in that box shadow and pain so you did get a new medusa character you did get some updated war scrolls with the snakes and and we've recently you know as of recording literally getting that war cry war band the shadow stalkers coming as yeah. well so there's a whole bunch of daughters of cain stuff around but before i get into that i want to understand when i pick up my generic battle tome the original og maybe three years ago battle tome and i'm looking at my allegiance abilities has it changed do i still get these rules and or does the way that i use these allegiance abilities change if i've been using like witch elves or you know i bring these rules into play what i will say to uh with daughters Kane, these rules um now they're kind of all over the place right now just partially because of the release structure i think but like the rules have been pretty much evergreen daughters Kane have had the slightest of touches for any sort of faqs the biggest faq was how do we deal with marathi's wounds characteristics if it's not during the round which now she has a new war scroll that fixed that up anyway so really i guess just to lay it out there so to get the rules for everything daughters Kane, you need the basic rule book uh, or their battle tome, sorry. Uh, the Marathi Broken Realms book. There is War Scroll cards within the Shadow and Pain box set. And then also, if you go to the Shadow Stalkers box on the GW website, that's where you can find the rules via PDF or on the Warcom website. So, this is the, the most, app, work, most work we've ever app, had to do. Yeah. The app has updated as well. So, your rules are in the app. They are, except for the Shadow Stalkers. They are still not in the app. So, um, but yeah, these rules have been evergreen. Like, they're these rules are written in such a way that they're just always going to be effective. And I, I love that. So fanatical faith, you have that six up after save to, to negate wounds. That's great. It's always there. It's always a bonus. I love it. Um, the blood rights table, I guess we can dive a little bit more into that. How that it, it might be just be quick work calling out as well that uh, depending on how focused you have been on your general's handbook 2020, uh, it's probably worth noticing that people like Hagnar, for example, I remember when I used to play a lot of Hagnar opponents, they would have like a stacking of a uh, additional save, you know, a, a damage prevention, invulnerable, whatever you want to call it. So know that you only get one now as of the general's handbook 2020. So uh, with fanatical faith and or any other stacking, you choose one. Armor yep. safe and one, whatever your best is. Yep, good, good call out. Yeah, um, just in case you missed it, just in case, because I we, we did see a time where Hagnar was like, what, armor save, five up, six up, six up, or five up, you know, yeah, tried and Hagnar and it, it was very uh, not fun to play or play against in my mind. I I, I played it for one. One event, I took it uh, to a Ren4 event over uh, to the sister club, uh, Ren4 in my area. And I lost one game, uh, Scorched Earth, because I misplayed the objectives. So I lost that game for myself. And then I won every other game, and I was bored to tears with Hagnar. So I never touched it again. <laughs> I, I yeah i've had a lot more fun against calibron and uh and Kraith than certainly uh liam your hagner <laughs> um i'm just taking the piss out of liam i love liam but you've also got the blood rights tables so your friendly doors of cain are gonna get a, a bunch of abilities depending on which battle round so kind of kind of like deep kin kind of like some of the other i think the old beast claw raiders had a table like this 
but you've mm -hmm. got a whole bunch of stuff here. You've got, you know, you can re-roll uh, re run rolls of one. You can yep. uh, re-roll dice rolls of one, main making a charge. You can re-roll uh, ones. Uh, the avatar of Kane is always animated. You mm -hmm. can re-roll wound rolls of one. Uh, and these stack as well, right? They, you, you don't, you just continue to, to accumulate them yep. or do they change between rounds? Nope. They just keep stacking on top of each other. So, I mean, looking at the round one, you get quickening bloodlust, reroll, run rolls of one, uh, which is great because your witch elves and, and Sister Slaughter can run and charge. Uh, and now, actually, with the new Melusa Iron Scale, she has a uh, command ability that allows a uh, unit with a Melusa unit within 12 inches to also run and charge. And I believe run and shoot as well. Yeah, I think it might be run and shoot. Yeah. Um, Yep, run and shoot and or charge. Okay, so uh, it is useful. Um, it kind of depends on how you're going to play your army, whether you're, like, I play hyper-aggressive. I'm getting in turn one, so reroll rolls of one is, is really nice. Now, if you do want to hang back, you're still going to have a uh, a great uh, uh, ability come turn two where you get the, you'll get you get the reroll the ones to run and reroll the ones to charge. So you're going to make it in turn two if, you, if that's what you want to do. But you can fairly regularly make it in turn one already, no matter what kind of army you're playing now. Um, turn three is where it really turns on for every single Daughters Cane army, not because the Avatar Cane becomes active. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm, I mean, that, that, that's pr that, that's pretty OP, man. That that and uh, Low Tan from IDK are well, probably the most broken War Scrolls going around right now. Well, I, I will say this: most of the time, whenever I'm going to fail a prayer and take a wound on my uh, Hag Queens or Slaughter Queens, it's because I'm trying to activate the Avatar turn one just for kicks. <laughs> By the way, that so, was Australian sarcasm, by the way. Uh, the Avatar <laughs> is something where I wouldn't be building around at the moment. Um, but one of the... So maybe before I get into the new temple, because one of the cool things about Broken Realms Marathi is we have a new temple. So we've mentioned some of the temples already. We've mentioned Hagnar, Calibron, Kraith. I'm sure there's others that I haven't uh, that I haven't played Drake against Gineth. yet. Drake Ganeth. I don't really play against Drake Ganeth. No one's really done that to me yet. Um, it's, a really, it's a really fun one. It's it's a... Uh, Retreat and charge, retreat and charge. It's it's a really like hit and run style thing. It's kind of like the old old dark elf style of play, I believe. I say it's been over a year since I played that one, but yeah. But it, we've we've got those four in the battle tome, and uh, in Broken Realms, we've now unlocked a new temple. So before I get into that particular temple, I wanted to just get your observations. Now that you've read Broken Realms, Marathi, the way that you look at your blood rights and um, your fanatical faith. Has that changed since you've gotten this book or is it very similar to how it used to be in your builds? Like what's your, what's your thinking here? Uh, it, it really does come down to um, uh, the turns one and two slightly different. So if I'm running a more snake heavy army, um, I'm probably going to not be hyper aggressive and charge in right away. Uh, snakes from what I've experienced of them uh, playing some handful of games with them in the past couple months Um are very late game. They're going to survive. They're going to outkill, and, and, and or they might get killed. But you're not gonna you're not gonna alpha strike and just take over the board. You're gonna have to be strategic with it. So you might take advantage of that reroll ones to run if you're trying to move to a specific objective and set up your your, your plays. The charge, not so much, uh, unless you know, like you're probably gonna be within charge range. But turn three onward, like it, that's. It, any army would love to have reroll ones to hit across the army and then turn forward, reroll wound rolls of one to hit, uh, you know. So, really, the one and two might change based upon how hyper aggressive you want to be. If you're doing snakes, you're probably not going to be as hyper aggressive as if you're doing a bunch of witch elves and sisters slaughter. So, all in all, marginal change in thinking, but 
Listen, once it goes turn three, you better be in combat and taking advantage of all the rules you have. And I've always played against Daughters of Cain armies that have always been hyper-aggressive, you know, building for a turn one charge or at least preparing that you are going to go for the double turn from turn one into turn two and go for that charge. So it's always been the late game play for me has always been probably the the Canary having something late game to maybe go steal objectives or, you know, reposition across the table. But it always seemed to me Daughters of Cain was just run up the table, get into combat as quick as possible, uh, keep within your buffs and your synergies, obviously, but just uh, flood the board, tie up your opponent, deny them from scoring objectives while you've got some some durable or some killy or some very fast models. So that's always been my experience and observation from Daughters. Yeah, it's very much the, the way I've been seeing it. If I'm running a heavy Witch Elf, like I, I guess 25 mil base, type scheme, which elf, sister, slaughter, however you want to parse them out. I'm probably not going to be stressing too much about magic. I'm, you know, I'll probably bring Marathi now for new war scroll, but you know, just if I got mind razor, but I might just put mind razor on the shadow queen now instead of, you know, which elf unit, it, it really depends on the situation, but uh, I'm going to go prayer heavy. If I'm going to be dealing with lots of uh, witch elves and sisters of slaughter, because I want that hag queen there to give them the, the witch brew for the, you know, no battle shock and, you know, and, and reroll their wound rolls. So I might as well focus on the prayers there. And and, and uh, I've played probably the past couple of years where I wouldn't have a caster. My opponents would be, okay, I got my casting phase. I'm like, cool, I got this to spell and this to spell with my Slaughter Queen, maybe. Mm. Um, but I just didn't care. It's like, go ahead and whatever you need to do, I'll do my saves and and then I'll do my prayers. And then you don't get to act, interact with my hero phase either. And then I'm buffed up and I get to go in because you can't stop prayers. But with the no, snakes, that's, the, that's the interesting thing about prayers, right? Is that there is no way really to deny a prayer so uh if you can get that rolled down there's no way of stopping you from applying x prayer onto your opponent so or your or your own models right but in contrast with the snake lists that i've been trying out um i'm not taking i mean you could take a you could take a hag queen you could you could you could pass off the um the uh the witch brew to them that that you know it would benefit them but i'm not as worried about it right now like i mean there's five to ten models like pretty high bravery you're gonna have a command point handy most likely so you know i don't know if it's as needed to have that battleshock community the rerolled wounds is fantastic that's always going to be fantastic but i'm going more uh, uh magic here because i'm gonna i have to take a uh, a uh, blood rock medusa as my general to unlock the uh blood stalker or blood sisters excuse me blood sisters this battle line so at that point, okay, I'm also going to take Marathi. I'm I'm magic heavy. I don't really have any prayers. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe if I have a points, I'll take one in. But, but you know, the list uh, I just tried recently, I had 100 points left, but I took Shadowstalkers instead for some movement as opposed to taking an extra hero. So, and then the Shadowstalkers are a new unit that I think we haven't quite worked out yet. I know some people are very passionate and maybe just running small little units of nine. Some people have talked about using them in a block of 18 and just the damage or this, the, the anvil that they can possibly be uh, as 18 models. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of come into the mix. And I know you've been playing with it and we'll get to your list very soon. I think, you know, the chat is, is, very sharp my, my my chat is very sharp and they're already starting to talk about snakes and i think um i think this particular episode we're going to mostly focus on snakes and i think the next episode chuck and i will will revisit this maybe in a couple of weeks and we'll talk about the witch elf builds because there's a lot to unpack with the snakes and something a lot a lot to like um one one d critical 
had mentioned, you know, the the 2D6 run on top of the charge from the iron scales. You know, there's a very aggressive snake build right now. So I think as we start looking at this, let's talk snakes. And what better way to talk snakes is with the new Cobra Kai Battalion. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And that is the, was it, how do you actually pronounce this? Because I, I just keep calling it Cobra Kai. I call it Zane Tharakai. It's because it's Cobra I, Kai. It, I, I will be, I, I'm on record. I'm probably the only person that just doesn't care about the Cobra Kai thing. The, the, the new show didn't really hit for me. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> we, all, we all know the Cobra Kai's with the good guys. And Daniel was the bad guy in the Karate Kid. He came to I, town. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, I do like the way they played it now and kind of mixed it, but yeah. Look, uh, so Zainthar Kai is uh, a new temple that has been brought out through Broken Realms that really does reward you for the snake. So, um, and, and we're going to talk about this for, for context of the list that Chuck's going to actually going to share with us um, probably, you know, at five or ten minutes or however long it takes for us to discuss this. Um, and we'll, we'll put, the, the, put the theory into practice and see why he's taken the list that he's taken. But there's a couple of rules that you're going to get, and there's actually three battalions, which is really cool as well. You've got three new battalions to choose from. The first one, Chuck, I want to get your thoughts around. So um, you've got the Kane's Essence, which allows you to get plus one bravery characteristic for your uh, Xanthar Kai Medusai, as well as the Kenari Heart Renders. Or Harpy, sorry, Harpy. So that's your Life Takers yep. and your, yeah. How does that come into play? Is that important, like getting plus one bravery? It's important for one very reason. Not so much for the, the Harpies, uh, mostly because if they get into combat, chances are they're going to die. Uh, they're not the most survivable things. But for the Malusai, because you're going to cast Mind Razor on them. And Mind Razor, you get a bonus if you have higher bravery. And they already have a uh, bravery of eight, so making that a bravery nine is fantastic. So not only will you do extra round, you also do double damage. So it obviously makes you harder to run from Battleshock. Um, and obviously, you know, when you're running Witch Elves or Sisters of Slaughter, especially those big blocks, you're getting that additional bravery characteristic for every 10 models. You're unlikely, well, some builds, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of lists that are building around five or ten snakes. So the minute you start taking Bravery Battleshock, you're losing that Bravery buff. So at least at minimum, getting one extra on top of, as you mentioned, um, uh, Mind Razor. Yeah, it does help. I mean, being two wound models, it, it always does uh, hurt whenever you have to have one run away that's fully, you know, you know, full, you know perfectly fine and unwounded. It's just like, ah... Uh. <laughs> Wait, wait, do you get a Mega Gargant? Sorry, not a Mega Gargant, a Man Crusher Gargant run. I had one run on 12 wounds. Uh, I cried. I cried. I literally in the fetal position and cried. You also get uh, the Vault of the First Brute. So you get to choose an additional. Um, so you can choose one additional hero in your army to have an artifact of power. That artifact must come from Battle Tome, Daughters of Cain. So you can't bring an additional artifact from the realms, but you can take an additional artifact for your heroes. Right, so depending on what temple you choose, some temples have a specific item that you have to take, like uh, Kraith, you have to take the Venom of Magendra. Um, but otherwise, you get to kind of choose whatever you want. So most commonly, if you're taking a priest, you're going to take a uh, Iron Circlet, so you can re-roll re your prayers. Um, the Gifts of Marathi usually aren't the ones people are taking. I'm sorry, I'm flipping to the, the book right now, um, to that section. But Gifts of Marathi aren't usually where people are taking their artifacts from for the... For the uh, the armies, but um, I think it's Thousand and One Dark Lessons. I believe that's that's one of my list. Let me scroll down here. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. It's okay. We'll, we'll talk about the, the artifact on your list. Uh, a bit. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, thousand and one dark blessings because I put that that uh, essentially gives you an extra little bit of gives you one to your armor save. Um, and that's in the Gifts of Marathi table. So I like that one specifically just to put that on my Melusa Iron Scale, who I want to live and get in combat, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's it's a free extra artifact. So and if you're taking a battalion, three artifacts, I'm sure, why not? That's sweet. <laughs> that's sweet. You're probably going to have three heroes. You're going to be an army that's like... Although if you do take Marathi, for example, uh, she is a named character, so you're not going to be able to put an artifact on her. However, um, you probably are going to have a... Um, a couple of small support heroes, whether you take the Iron Scale, whether you take a Hag Queen, whether you take a Cauldron, usually you have a couple of heroes. And really, too, don't forget secondaries are a thing now. One of the secondaries is choose a hero with an artifact. So if you have an extra artifact on a hero that you can keep hidden, like you're going to score secondaries pretty easily. Especially with some of the scenarios that are giving you bonus VP for having a hero within six. So uh, it does reward you for having multiple small heroes. You've gotten this command ability, so power of the blood, to use the command ability uh, once per phase. Uh, when you pick a friendly, um, the Medusa unit or your Harpy unit, that's wholly within 12 of that hero. Uh, if you do so, add one to the attack's characteristic of melee weapons uh, to the unit until the end of the phase. Okay. I mean, how would you like to have the Blood Sisters with five attacks each? Because if you keep them next to the Shadow Queen and get this off on that, you are putting out a hurt and you're still rolling handfuls of dice with five to ten snakes like holy cow what's what's the attack characteristic like five attacks each oh, so if you're running three. a unit of five with 25 attacks yeah now it's it's three base so the plus two is from this ability and, and being near being near shadow queen so it's threes and threes minus one for one damage um now keep in mind uh you're also probably gonna have mind razor on them so Five attacks each, threes and threes, minus two, two damage, because you're probably going to be higher bravery than most things out there. Not not demons per se, but you know, you're, you're, you're going to do pretty well. So a whole bunch of attacks, uh, a whole bunch of additional bonuses, especially bravery, like anything under bravery. And there's a lot of stuff that is going to be bravery 10. Then there's also a lot of stuff, probably bravery seven and less. So I guess that plus one to the bravery characteristic from the Kane's essence is going to really help here. Yeah, and like I said, let's let's just go full full thought process here. They have the uh, the witch brew, the sippy cup, as it's more commonly known. So they're rerolling all their wound rolls. All right, it's turn three. You're rerolling ones to hit. You are killing whatever you're touching with potentially uh, twenty five attacks if you're taking a unit of five. Right, and they are two inch reach. So taking a unit of ten, you could still get all your attacks in if you just position, you know, slightly decent. And hey, if Marathi's on the table, there's a good chance that people are not focusing on your snakes. They're focusing on Marathi. Marathi is oh, that big, I, what they call distraction kind of effects, where people want to take down Marathi as quick as possible because um, she's mm -hmm. tying you up, she's doing damage. Uh, but her rules have changed as well. You now uh, don't have to sacrifice one of the models. It's not like I take the small Marathi or the big Marathi. I now get both on the table. She's a little bit more expensive, but I get to play with both of my toys, which I think was an awesome change to the rules. She is worth every single point. And, and every style of army I've played her with, she is just so fantastic because little, I mean, I know we're getting a Marathi tangent here, but the Shadow Queen is great and she, you run her forward, she will hold up a jack, whatever, she'll hold up an army if you really want to. She will buff up your Malusai as they're running nearby as well. And then your uh, Marathi Kane, the smaller one, is going to buff everything else and stay in the back line and, and do work. And so whether you're, no matter what you're running, Witch Elves, Sister Slaughter, Melusai, 
Canary, they're, if you bring Marathi Kane, she's helping them all. It's 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 hard not to take Marathi Kane, and we'll we'll talk about it if you if it is in your list. Um, but you've got uh, you've also got the command trait, which is the uh, the the general um, uh, gets his command trait instead of one from Daughters of Kane, which is the Curse of the Bloodied Hand. So at the end of the combat phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches of the general. On a five plus, they suffer D three mortal wounds. So is that meaning that we're not going to take Marathi as our general? Um, and we want to kind of take advantage of this trait, or is is Marathi still a good choice as a general? I, I probably won't take Marathi as my general. I never did before. I probably still won't because now she counts as being your general, even if she's not your general. So there's no reason to make her your general. Uh, and and really, if you're taking this this specific uh, Zaynth Archai, you're going to be running Melusai, so which means your general is probably a Bloodrack Medusa, hopefully on a shrine if you can fit it. Sometimes you can't, but... It, Unless you're playing maybe Calibron, it's going to be probably the least important piece, so feel free to throw it into combat. I mean, sure, it's a 5-up, it's D3 you know, Mortal Wounds, um, but if you can get into like a hero, you might be able to take off like a small little foot hero. It, it, sure, it's a 5-up it's a bonus. It's probably the least important part of this whole temple, but, you know, one, it free rolls. Why not? <laughs> And on a large, on a, on a large base like the Cauldron of Blood, or you know the um, that that um, chariot, where however you want to build it, that's a big base. That's a big three inches that you could be doing mortal wounds on a five plus. So um, that's that's nothing to sneeze at, uh, and it may change taking, or maybe you still want to take the Iron Scale as a general. Um, well, the Iron Scale does not unlock the. Uh the blood sisters so you're gonna be taking the blood rack or yeah you're gonna be taking the blood rack medusa not the melusa iron scale as your general way to ruin christmas we weren't gonna t- <laughs> 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 i was gonna let you reveal the list tech um and the last thing you probably no nah, it's all right it's all right this is um uh, giving back to the people the the last thing that we want to talk about before we get into the list is you get three battalions now there's some pretty cool battalions um I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on all three? So uh, one of them is going to allow you to use a command ability without spending a command point, which could be potentially useful. Uh, you do have one that doesn't, so it makes you ignore battle shock. So you don't have to take battle shock for anything in the battalion. And then the other one allows you to do some healing uh, in the hero phase. You can sacrifice, you can do something. Uh, what is it? In your hero phase, you can pick one, uh, sorry, you can pick any number of units from this battalion that are within six inches of the blood rack shrine from the same battalion. Uh, so this, this battalion, by the way, is forcing you to take two blood rack shrines. Mm-hmm. Um uh, one model from each unit you pick is slain, so it's just straight out we're, we're killing something, which is likely to be either a harpy, a blood sister, or a blood stalker. Uh, and then you can heal one wound allocated to the blood rack shrine for each canary heart render model that's slain, or two models. So basically, you're transferring the wound characteristic uh, to the shrine, or you're healing that many wounds. So you got three battalions to choose from. From your perspective, are they all good? Are uh, there ones that maybe are situational or are there ones that maybe you just skip over because some are better than others? So I, I, I want to talk about Shrine Brood first. Um, sure. It is the one that is probably the most fun narrative-wise and the least effective in a, uh, I guess, a true competitive style game. I could see maybe like a late game if you have one of those uh, 
scenarios where heroes need to survive on an objective and you want to feed that hero to keep it alive as it's being beaten. I could see maybe like that kind of one-off situation, but that's so one-off and really I don't want to kill my models. <laughs> like I want to make you earn it. Um, so I love the narrative behind it, but it's probably the one that I'm not going to take unless it's just for, you know, a fun game just to try it out. Um, and probably most people, um, you know, don't have two blood wreck shrines. I'm crazy. I can do that. Most people might have one. Uh, so I was going to say having to take two blood wreck shrines, I'd like it to be one to two. Um, mm -hmm. I think forcing me to take two means I'm, I'm not spending points on my snakes. Um, the Canary, uh, for me, one of the challenges with Canary right now, and I started building my list with Canary, but now with this new Warcry Warband, I'm kind of going down that route instead of Canary. I, I, I don't know. Like, is 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 that how you're think, looking at things right now, or are you seeing different different values? Canary are very interesting. They are typically more valuable off the table for you because they don't have to come in until turn five. So the threat of them going anywhere is usually more effective than when they actually drop in and, and do some wounds. Um, I still love them. Like they're, they're cheap, you know, so take them. They're, they're not, not saying don't take them. It's just the, your opponent having to second guess, knowing that your turn five, you can bring them in. It is much bigger of an impact. It's mentally to them as opposed to when you actually bring them in. So, um, and like I said, uh, I do like the shadow stalkers. Um, the other problem is shadow suckers take an extra turn to set up because mm. you, have to, you have to move them, you have to get closer, then you can shoot. Uh, so it's, I mean, if you're playing for a double turn, yeah, they, if you can get that double turn with them and move them position, like it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I, there's, there's room for both. Uh, I could not to mention the shadow suckers can constantly move. So you could, if you just want to use the shadow suckers to just movement tools, you can go every turn wherever you want, which is much better than just dropping down once and that's where they are. But Canary do have high movement, so it's... <laughs> and I, I'm thinking about how I can use that in Calibron with some Canary off the board, with some Shadow Stalkers on the table, and just manipulating the board. Um, but within... And, and obviously, you know, you can play around with your new toys, um, but I do like the ability... Like, would you take two Canary Harpy units? Like, is... is Because I always find, like, Shadow Warriors and things like that, usually one is enough. Do you think two, do Harpy units are overkill? Typically, if I'm going to take some Canary, I'm going to most likely be taking like a Cauldron Guard where I have to take two. So I'll take two units of five of them. Uh, it, like I said, just the threat of them being able to go anywhere is fantastic. Um, I have taken, <laughs> I, did, I did a crazy list once and took two units of 15. Um, that's just a nightmare to play with <laughs> and transport. So don't do that. You're um, a wild man. Jeez. It's, you know, it's, like I said, it was just like, this, this is mine now. <laughs> I'm over here and you left. You, but, you know, then again, if you look at that, like, it's it's huge blob. It's still only 15 wounds on, you know, not a great save. But um, I don't know. I, I like two units of uh, of, uh, of Harpies, whether it's the, the shooty or the melee types. So, so I guess what I'm hearing is that sh shrine, oh, sorry, shrine Brood, you've got to, one, spend more points on the Bloodrack Shrine. So... That's less points going to your snakes. And then to activate the rule abilities, you're often probably sacrificing your snakes or you're sacrificing your harpies, um, which which is a big, I don't know. I don't know if, if the Bloodwreck Shrines are worth that much on the table. I'd rather get an Emerald Life Swarm if I really need to heal um, for 50 points. Yeah, here's how you win a Shrine Brood. You get two Bloodwreck Shrines. You get two, 
two Bloodstalkers or Blood Sisters and two Canari units. And you see one shrine with snakes on it instead of like the uh, standard witch elves on those stairs you can the other one of canari on it and then the, you know even theme up like a canari heroes as opposed to the blood rack and you have them as just like they're just battling up the boards so you're having a little competition against yourself the game doesn't matter it's it's who's gonna survive the longest so if you want to have like this internal aim go very thematic with the way you build up the army that's how you win this list yeah all right well we'll move along from shrine blurred uh, I think what I'm hearing is you're pushing shit uphill unless you're a narrative player. And hey, look, if you've got some secret list tech and you think I'm completely wrong, put it in the comment section. Tell me how wrong we really are. But for me personally, I think the other two are probably a little bit more attractive from a, a list building as well as also from a competitive sense. But hey, you do you. You've got this. Yep. So are the other two good? Yeah. Uh, I really like Viperic Guard just because it's... Uh... It has Marathi and the Shadow Queen in it. A battalion with my named big hero that I can just plop down is fantastic. Um, not to mention the once per battle, I just don't have to use a CP, is wonderful. Uh, I, in in the, the game I had last night, as, as of this recording too, it came in very handy. Uh, be able to top of one and just do some damage. We'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the list. But um, I actually... One to two, Blood Rock Medusa or Medusa Iron Scale. So I took one of each in this because both of them have a have effect, the Medusa, so I could have my Blood Sisters become a battle line. So I had to take her and make her a general. And I wanted the Medusa Iron Scale for her ability that she can help buff the, the Medusa with. So one of each was good. And then I took three units of Blood Sisters personally just because then it's my battle line. So I have my, my amazing hero, 600-point model hero, models hero, I have my general, I have a buff hero, and I have my battle line done. And I get that's it's a decent amount of points, but I mean, this is going to be a, a two to three drop army for you. I was going to say Vampiric Guard and um, Scathe Coven all both seem to be one that you can really get your drops down. Probably not one drop. I think Scathe Coven um, probably you could maybe go one drop if you really wanted to go down that route. But I feel like this this could be at least under four. Um, depending on how you build the list, you could probably go two or three drop, maybe four drop. Um, maybe the vampiric guard, um, vi vampiric. Uh, I'm thinking about vampires. I didn't get smashed. Um, you, you know, you, you, yeah, this is this is an easy low drop battalion. Uh, both of them, which is really cool. Uh, I think right. the you know the chat's talking about they want they want us to talk about Marathi. I think you know Marathi oh, is. Yeah. A bit of an auto include, and uh, it probably be no surprise that Chuck probably has Marathi in his list. And mm -hmm. I think the, the fact that you can include this named character in the battalion, and it's not a lot of battalions where I can put in Archeon, Nagash, um, you know, Alariel. There's not many of those around, if any, actually, if I think about it. So the fact that I can bring in my my supercaster Shadow Queen, I've got my combat beat stick Marathi, as well as getting the Medusae, the Iron Scale, the Blood Sisters, the Blood Stalkers, um, really forms the core of my army, and then it's just seasoning to taste. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, and I mean, looking at the the narrative for it, so the Vapiric Guard is Marathi's personal honor guard. So, yeah, they're they're going to be around Marathi at all times, given what's going on. So. And, and Skate Coven, I have yet to actually run yet. They'll be in my next list I try to give it a go. Uh, I'm not sure how effective the Battleshock test is going to be because if you're taking a big unit, you're probably going to bring a Hag Queen 
to give them the uh, the witch brew, so they'll have it anyway. Um, so I don't know if that ability is going like, to. It's not. It doesn't hurt. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess you're saving your CP. You're saving your CP potentially for re other rerolls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's Scathe Covenant. It, it works. You can build a nice list out of out of that for sure and keep drops low. So I, both of these. I, Pick your poison. If you aren't running Marathi, obviously you'll take Scape Coven. If you are running Marathi, you'll probably take Vapiric Guard. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. That's really good. I think there there is some, and obviously we we're talking very early on, so who knows uh, what this will look like in the end. But I, I think those two battalions for me probably stand out a lot more than our Double Shrine, um, unless you bought two start collecting boxes and you just want a reason to bring out those shrines. <laughs> I mean. I mean you do you, you do you. Uh, but the first list that we've got here, and there's uh, uh, Marathi. Oh, Marathi's there. Surprise. There Surprise. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just timestamping this. I should be a YouTuber. Um, so you, we've got the first list, and um, I did mention that normally we do two lists on this show, but we're going to do two different shows here, one really focusing on the snakes, the other one really focusing on witch elves. This is the snake episode. And the way we're going to kind of bring these rules together is through Chuck's list. And Chuck, this is not just Math Hammer. This is actual real experience that you've had on the table. I know you've been playing a, a lot of games. I know you've been practicing and playing with different builds as well. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, maybe just a general overview. How have you found your games with your Cobra Kai? It's it's really interesting. The snakes, like I said, are very. They seem to be very much more late game oriented, which is not the playstyle I've been used to with playing. You know, like essentially witch elf spam list, which is more alpha strike it in and, and, and go from there. So it's it's it feels like I'm losing for the first two turns, and then it's then it shifts. Uh, but you know, I've had some games where I've gotten double turns. Actually, the game I had last night with this uh, almost exact list, um, I didn't get a single double turn. It was just it was perfectly alternating as the way the dice worked out and like i said first two turns i'm just like oh boy and it was, it was a good piece of chaos and the local player and he's really good with it that's his army um but yeah it, it near the late game though all of a sudden his models are gone and not coming back and you know i don't have many left either but the you know my one malusi with with a few buffs on her is more powerful than even like 10 gore that he's going to summon back so it, it's very much a late game mentality for for the way the snakes seem to want to play from my my experience which is um, certainly the opposite of what the the witch elves are they are getting early and just try to I, I, they're kind of like gargans they just get in and try to survive as long as possible and tie your opponent away from the objectives as long as possible mm -hmm. yeah and, and this list overall um i definitely kind of built it as just kind of like if i was getting into this army right now what's my easiest entry to build a list that would use these new rules. So that's kind of what I came up with. You could easily tweak this in different ways, for sure. But like, this is what a, this is the easiest entry in from what I saw using the Shadow and Pain, Broken Realms, and probably, you know, start collecting box. So, so let's talk about your list. And um, some people in the, are very keen in the chat as well to understand, is Marathi an auto-include, or uh, can this list be competitive outside of Marathi? But before you give us your thoughts on that, I'll read out the list. So you've got the Medusai Iron Scale coming out with the uh, the artifact Thousand and One Dark Blessings. We do have Marathi Kane uh, and the Shadow Queen. So they have to be taken in combination. You can't just choose one or the other. So you're essentially spending 600 points for this particular hero, despite it being uh, two separate units. 
you do have the Bloodwreck Medusa, who is the general, uh, the command trait is coming in with the Curse of the Bloodied Hand, the Artifact of Crown of Woe, and the Lore of Shadows with the Shroud of Despair. You then come in with five Blood Sisters, five Blood Sisters, five Blood Sisters, five Blood Stalkers, five Blood Stalkers, five Blood Stalkers. You've got the Vampiric Guard. <laughs> Can you just get it out of me? What's it? What is it? Vampiric Guard. Vampiric. I keep going Vampiric. I'm just, it's bloody one <laughs> week we're talking about vampires, I swear. Yep. It's stuck in our heads. Vampires. Uh, you also got the Bellwind Vortex. And uh, Chuck, your list is so good that you're coming in at 1,900 points. You're giving away literally 100 points for free for triumphs. You just want to guarantee that triumph. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I always I always like to play down so that way whenever I, I make the – it's like the Harlem Globetrotters. You lose the first half, so when you win the second half, it's that much bigger. Um, no, uh, Shadow Stalkers, while aren't on War Scroll Builder or Azir at the time of this recording, their points are available if you download the PDF off the, the GW website, which is 100 points. So uh, I had a unit of nine Shadow Stalkers in this list. Yeah, the, the chat is the chat's freaking out right now, going, Where where are the Shadow Stalkers? Where are the Shadow Stalkers? Uh, those hundred points are just too good not to take, I think. For me, when I saw them, I was surprised that there were a hundred. I would pay 140 for them, uh, maybe even 160. I think they're they're quite good, although the shooting attack is a bit challenging just with the teleporting versus the range. But um yeah, so let's let's get into the list and let's talk a little bit about maybe we'll start with your heroes, whether you want to take us through maybe why you chose the, the chose them or maybe the combination or how this all works. So where do you want to start, Chuck? Yeah, actually, real quick caveat. Um, the, the list I did try, I actually put the Bloodstalkers as a unit of 15 when I ran this last night, not the three units of five, because that then dropped this list to a three-drop list, um, which was very nice to choose to go second. Um but yeah, so obviously Marathi Kane, I'm going to take her in here because the Shadow Queen, her presence, one, she can hold up an entire army if you if you position her right. Uh, and two, she's going to buff up all the Malusai in combat, which is just, I mean, fantastic. Even even the uh, the Bloodstalkers, the melee ones, if you're just getting extra dice to, to roll attacks for, um, they still can put out a hurt. Like, you know, something charges into them and they say, oh the, the, this is your this is your archer unit i'm gonna throw into it. it's like yeah i still have two wounds and i'm still doing you know a lot of attacks back at you thanks to you know the shadow queen just being there so and then mind razor obviously just to get the extra rend get the extra damage because the blood Rack medusa which is my general to also unlock the blood sisters blood sisters is my battle line has the crown of woe and shroud of despair which are both to help drop the bravery of my opponent so guaranteeing i will always get full mind razor buffs because if you're gonna if you're gonna spend the time to cast Mind Razor and put on Marathi, who's you know obviously the most powerful caster, you want to make sure you get the full full ability off of it. So if your opponent has less bravery, you, you're getting plus one also because you're Saint Archai. Like it's it's very easy to get that buff going. Um, Marathi came by the way is the small little Marathi. So um, we got little sm small Marathi, and then the Shadow Queen is big Marathi. When I look at both these war scrolls, it's 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 just sexy. It's just hotness. So you get the oh, yeah. the minus one to hit uh, from a, sorry minus one to or subtract one from the sh the hit rolls that target little Marathi. You get three casts to unbind. You get plus one to your casting, dispelling, and unbind rolls. Um, that that black horror of Ulgu that her her spell her signature spell 
36 inch range i think that is crazy cool for character sniping or just mm -hmm. you know getting something at complete long range um you know the the command ability is great and i think that's probably one thing we've really missed out on is that marathi when we had old marathi we were so quick to t to create the the big marathi that we never really got to take advantage of small marathi we just wanted big marathi um it's and we haven't that, lost we haven't lost that damage prevention stuff that we used to have you know there was you know you could only take three damage per battle round but they also removed the the broken little part where um she could take unlimited damage in between rounds so people used to just try to go go at her with endless spells the predatory endless spells uh in between turns because of a, a technicality but that's no longer available so uh, i like that they've cleaned it up Right, I, I am too. I, I will say this. Uh, I will go against the fact that everyone always turned her big. I had it based upon how I built my list. Is if I was a hyper aggressive, uh, yes, I'd absolutely turn her right away and throw her in. But there is more than a few games where I kept her small at least through turn four, just for the magic and that. It, she was very useful in that case, and then still, she was never the general, unfortunately. Like I'd just give it to my slaughter queen. Um, but yeah, now that you get both, like I said, it's best of both worlds. And as you said, it's it's just all sexy. <laughs> every every single it's, part of it's it. It's great. Yeah. Like um, it's probably worth calling out as well when we go to the actual Shadow Queen. So big Marathi. Uh, I thought mm -hmm. one big change that again I'm really happy with. I hate little tricks that break unit coherency. It's one that I don't use with my mega gargans. I hate I, I, a real feel-bad moment. And the gaze of Marathi, where you used to be able to do an eight-inch attack and break coherency and then like bye-bye, see you later half of a unit. That's been changed. The gaze of Marathi does more consistent damage, but you don't have that weird, and it's longer range as well, but you don't have the weird breaking of coherency rule. I, I love it to what it is now. Just 18-inch range, one, you know, one attack, two's the hit, two's two's the wound, minus three D6 damage. Like yes. <laughs> Because now I can stare down a hero and 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 take that hero off. You know, it's it's uh, yeah. And like I said, you're not playing that gamey thing where it's like, oh, I'm breaking your coherency. But you know, the kind of I think that's kind of like moving out of the game from from rules that have been changing over time. Which I, I'm glad for that. Like I'd rather I'd rather just do damage. Like we don't need to, I guess, play that little game as often because especially if you're playing lots of units now that coherency is not as big of a deal. You know, like you have so many models. That kind of what the game is right now. He blocks a 30 and all that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And like this looking over Marathi, she does some good damage. You know, she's very consistent damage where you've got some some high rend, some rend two damage. Sorry, high rend two attacks that you know lead into uh three damage or six damage. You've got some stuff where you've got some uh the D6 shooting. I, I mentioned the gaze of Marathi. Um, she still can only suffer three wounds uh in a in a turn as well. So we've kept some of that goodness. She still can't be healed though, so uh, there's no way of bringing her wounds characteristic back. But really, you know, even if you're in combat turn one or, you know, you should be able to keep her around at, at 12 wounds till turn four. Um, so you should have Marathi around for most of the game. Well, a uh, player turn. So she can take three in each player turn. So if you charge her top oh. of one, take three, and then in your opponents, now, even still, like having her for two turns, I've gotten my value out of being hyper aggressive. Um, if you hold her back for one turn, uh, or your opponent just says, oh, it's Marathi, I'm not going to deal with it. You know, it's an experience and says, I'm not going to deal with it, I'm not going to throw the wounds onto it. You just smile with glee because Marathi's staying around for an extra turn. So, yeah, it, it, like even even just two turns is enough for the points she, for what she can do to get you ahead. 
and and sometimes people actually are, you know like one, one of the things that people do with nagash is i'll see nagash and go well i'm just going to ignore nagash i'm going to put everything else into the other parts of the army and i think marathi can also play down that way people go well i'm going to target your sister you know your, you know, your, your stalkers your um your witch elves however you want to build your army um and then you got marathi running around you know till 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 she <laughs> does whatever she wants <laughs> Uh, which is crazy when she flies, she has very high movement, you know, base of 14, uh, just shooting and attacking and tying people up. So, and um, also, th there is a weakness you have to be aware of as a player, and also if you're playing against Marathi. So, all the essentially Marathi has 12 wounds on the Shadow Queen. So, if the Shadow Queen's in combat, she takes a wound, she'll get her armor save, and she'll get the fanatical faith save, and then she'll take the wounds till three, and then she stops. Um, Marathi Kane, smaller one, she gets her armor save. And if she fails that armor save, it immediately goes to the Shadow Queen, and she does not get to do that fanatical face save. So you want to make sure you kind of keep Marathi Kane out of combat, out of harm's way. Um, or if you're playing against it, you want to try and put the wounds through on Marathi Kane because it's much more easy to guarantee those three wounds. So now it still stops at three, but just as a heads up. Protect your little little Marathi. And then, you know, she's casting spells. She's got that 36-inch 30, range magic as well. So as long as you'll be able to mind raise her and buff your units and stay out of harm's way, um, it, should be, it shouldn't be too hard unless someone like Deep Strikes or is able to, you know, has some really long-range threats, uh, you know, really do, uh, really do protect Marathi Kane. Right. And, and with the list I had, I took Marathi Kane. Uh, I put her on the Bale and Vortex. So she got an extra armor, so she went to a three up. She has an extra spell then, so cast Mystic Shield on her, so she's a three up rerolling once. <laughs> you know, it helps make her a little bit more survivable, and then, you know, you just surround her base. So, um, and then obviously the extra six inches. So, yeah, she, she's doing her spell wherever she wants at that point. Yeah, I know, I know some people really like taking the chronomatic cogs because you can slow down time and reroll your armor saves. Uh, so you could always like tweak it, turn one, get that plus two movement um, to get into combat in a little bit easier and then slow down time and re-roll the save. So I think uh, there's a lot of cool ways, as you mentioned, Bailwind, if you've got one. Uh, good luck trying to buy a Bailwind right now. Um, <laughs> I've only been out of stock for like 12 months and Seraphon players have been on eBay trying to get them for, for a fair while. But, you know, I think Marathi Kane and the Shadow Queen, very, very, very strong. Um I think you'll see a lot of them on the table. Is it an auto clue? No, not necessarily. Uh, is it a good choice? Absolutely. Um, can you be competitive without Marathi Kane? I think so. Chuck, would you agree or disagree that you need Marathi Kane? No, I, I don't think you need her. I think she's a nice, powerful buff piece for sure. Based on she, she you can put Marathi Kane and the Shadow Queen in any army that's daughters of Kane, and instantly it'll, it'll have a compounding effect. Doesn't mean she's needed. You can still go without her. I mean, I wouldn't mind having more snakes in my list, having these unit of blood sisters up to 10. Like, that would have that been fantastic, having extra hero. Because uh, the other thing, too, the weak, one weakness, I guess, of my list is I'm losing uh, an artifact because I don't have an extra hero that can take one. Because I should I should have, I should should have, be able to have three, but I only have two because I just don't have an extra hero with a name because I want to take Shadowstalkers instead. Talk to me about the Medusa. Is there anything else, by, by the way, you want to talk about Marathi? I think, you know, when I look at her, the, the, her, when I look at the combination, the two, they're just straight up a great utility piece. You've got magic, you've got combat, you've got um, some buffing abilities, you've got, uh, you've got, it's got a, 
a nice little combination here of, of, of things you could do. And um, I think getting her back out on the table, I think people are really excited about. Yeah. Uh, what I can say is if you're thinking about starting Daughters Kane, plan to pick her up at some point because you will not regret it. She will work with whatever you want to do. She's beautiful to paint. She's an amazing model. Uh, I love everything about her, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be very biased here. Um, yeah, mine, come, mine comes this weekend. Nice. Leave, leave the. There's the one wing that's kind of like folded over. Leave that one off. Paint that separate. That's all you got to do. There you go. <laughs> Talk to me about the Medusa Iron Scale because we'll get to the general, uh, and the general is definitely rightfully so, but. The Medusite Iron Scale is the new hero that comes through Shadow and Pain. If you didn't buy Shadow and Pain, I can only imagine it'll be released sometime in the future, uh, or you can pick it up on a, a buy and sell, I'm sure. Um, but what does she do? What does the Medusite Iron Scale do? What she bring to the table? Um, why have you included in her your, her into your list? I mean, she has a nice uh, set of abilities. So she has an 18-inch range, range attack, and then she also has a melee attack. They're nothing to really to write home about, but, I mean, two-inch reach on the melee attack means she kind of hide back and, and poke some things from behind units. Uh, the range attack is 18 inches. It's not, you know, that's a, that's a very nice range for essentially a staff that's just, I guess, shooting magic missiles out of it. Um, she does ignore spell effects and endless spell effects on her on a five-up, so that, and that's okay. But what really really is important with her is her gory offering so if an enemy model is slain by wounds inflicted by this model attacks in the combat phase you can add one to the attacks characteristics of friendly and units wholly within 12 inches of this model downside of that she has to attack first um and usually you don't want your big powerful buffed unit not attacking first uh so you kind of have to be sneaky with her. That's that's. I brought her in to try and do this. Uh, so one, she's on a five-up save with six six wounds. So that's why she has a thousand one dark blessings. Makes it to a four-up save, slightly a little bit, you know, more survivability. So I would charge in, and really what I would try to do is kind of tag her on the end, and go, okay, uh, can I can my unit five, blood sisters survive this attack? It is very much a you know, weighing decision, yes or no. Or do I have multiple attacks like kind of within range? So if I had two units of, of uh, Blood Sisters charged in and had her in there too, it's like, okay, well, which is the worst? Like, like you know, which one do I want to fight you know, next to last? Because I'll attack with her first, pick off an easy target. All of a sudden, I, I get plus one attack to all my blue side. Shadow Queen's nearby, another plus one. And like I said, we're up to that five attacks. Um, it is good to remember that she is also Malusai, so if she's near the Shadow Queen, she'll also get that extra bonus attack. But, uh, yeah, so you want to get you want to get her to attack first. Slay a, a unit, and then the rest of your Malusai are just going to pop off. Downside is she has to attack first, and you have to receive hits on at least one of those units. And I guess the challenge as well is the command ability. Uh, it's very, very cool. You know, the command ability allows you uh, in the hero phase, if you do so, uh, pick one friendly Medusa unit within wholly within 12 of this model uh, until your next hero phase, that, that unit can run and still shoot and or charge in the same turn. In addition, until your next hero phase, you can roll 2d6 instead of d6 when you make a run roll for that unit. So there is a likelihood that that, that unit is over... Like it's just forest gumping down the board. Yep. 
uh, while your iron scale is just like slowly trying to catch up. Yeah, like I said, with the snake list, I've been a little bit more not as hyper aggressive with it. So I didn't actually really think about using this ability too much until late game when I wanted them just to run and like charge that small unit might have two or three models into it to also capture an objective. You know, like her, I think, I think Gory, I mean, I think that's where you can get the most use out of her uh, is actually that command ability, but you really have to plan for that. My list, this one didn't really plan for it. I'd rather be alpha striking with a unit of 10 sisters, if I'm honest, uh, because they'll go up there with Marathi, who can get there on her own and do the work. But unit five sisters probably won't survive as much uh, from what I found. So that, and that's certainly probably what I've seen is, uh, and this is probably where I've seen the no Marathi come into play. So when you put that 600 points into a no Marathi snake build and you do be bring up these big blocks of 10 or 15 snakes, um, then using the, um, the, the Medusite or the iron scale to throw them up the board, super buffed up doing what, four attacks, three attacks, depending on how you've, you know, well, we've got base three, but you can get them to four. Without Marathi, you can't get them to five. Um, I'm just saying things. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for oh, Chuck yeah. to say, actually, actually. No, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a way to get them five. I think it would just be at four. Yeah, I think, yeah. But even four attacks with a block of 10 who are running and charging, um, buffed up with some re-rolls, just. Yeah, no, it's. The one thing when I within the game I played, like I said, I the unit five blood sisters started to seem more like screens than anything else because I could do some hurt, but if I had more than one thing in combat and I chose them to be the expendable ones, you know, some quality attacks will take out your your blood sisters fairly easily. That uh, five up armor, six up after save, well, nice doesn't last long if you have a you know a bunch of dice to roll in these saves. Yeah, I think the challenge with the with the iron scale is that she's only got a five up armor save. She has six wounds, so um, any rend is going to take her down super quickly. So um, bear that in mind. Yeah, and, and like a lot of shooting can take her off. So like, it, I, I tried to use her for the gory offering ability. It was tough. I managed to pull it off, but the unit of Malusai that were nearby, there was only two left in the unit. So it's like. Is it worth it? I don't know. I th I think her command ability to make run and charge if you want to alpha strike is probably going to be where you're going to see the power out of her going forward. Yeah, that's where I've certainly seen probably people taking big blocks and just throwing them up the board. Talk to me about the Blood Wreck Medusa. So most people have got that Slaughter Queen. Most people have put on a you know some type of uh, witch elf style you know hag queen on their on their um, on their shrine that. Talk to me about the the Medusa. Like, what does Medusa bring to the table? Obviously, one is the general. Uh, two, why have we got this particular shrine as opposed to the other shrines? And then maybe the kit out that you've got uh, with the Curse of the Bloodied Hand, the Crone of Woe, and the uh, Shroud of Despair. Well, keep in mind, this Bloodwreck Medusa is not on a shrine. Oh, so oh. It would be, it'd be, it'd be called the Bloodwreck Shrine. Yes. Um, so the battalion... This I'm in between meetings, guys. I've, I've jumped from a meeting. I'm going into a meeting bear with me uh yeah sorry ignore me it's not on a, well then then let me ask you why haven't you got it on a shrine why is there no shrine if you want to scroll back up to the uh, battalion you'll see it's not bolded on the keyword for the oh. vampiric guard the vampiric guard yes yeah, scathe, Co scathe coven it is um 
So if you get yeah, if you go Scathe Coven, Blood Rock Medusa is bolded, whereas Vampiric Guard, it's it's not. So she has to be on foot for this one, um, from my understanding. So she's mostly there so I could have the Blood Sisters of Battle Line so I can run a full snake list. That that was that was her main reason. The the nice little backup is I could give her the Crown of Woe and Shroud of Despair. And since she's kind of expendable, since her key thing was to simply unlock my battle line, she's gonna go up with them and then she's gonna be having that crown of woe to you know give a little bubble of negating bravery casting the shroud of despair to continue doing that so my mind razor is was was popping off regularly so that that for this specific list that's why i took her in for um you can still take them in they're not terrible models like they're they're decent heroes uh i've in previous games in the past i've thrown them in to other foot like you know five wound foot heroes and taken them off so like in and the blood and there's their stair ability, which I don't have it in front of me, but it's nothing to sneeze at either. It can it can do some work. So it's not a terrible model for 140 points. And the fact that it's how you unlock the blood sisters, uh, yeah. If you want to take snakes, you're taking a blood rock Medusa. I would prefer to have it on a shrine, yes. Um, so it got <laughs> yeah, just got to kind of decide how you how you want to do it, whether you do go in the Pyrrhic guard or not. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so that might, that's probably a really good call out. And by the way, we are recording uh, this particular episode pre-FAQ, but also pre-winter FAQ. So uh, who knows if there's going to be a points adjustment, a rule, rules adjustment. Um, I don't imagine too many rules. I don't think when I look through the Broken Realms, there was anything that was really broken or needed a lot of clarity. Um, I don't know if they're going to change any pro points. I, I think the points are probably fair. Um, as they currently stand, but we don't know. Maybe the shrines will go up, go down. Um, and obviously, you know, like every list discussion on this channel, season season to taste. If you don't like this, this particular battalion, if you want to make this a unit of 10 instead of unit, two units of five, if you want to have uh, an Emerald Life Swarm or whatever you want to do, um, obviously season for taste, but we are putting kind of some of this theory into practice and mm -hmm. how we're using the Cobra Kai new... Um, uh, new the new temple into a list design. Yeah, so essentially, and like I said, with the Bloodstalkers, I had them in a unit of 15. So essentially what this list was, was throwing up the Shadow Queen right away, Marathi Kane popping onto the, the Balin Vortex, 15 Bloodstalkers around her, using uh, Marathi Kane's ability uh, for the first time free, essentially, because of the uh, Vapiric Guard ability. So uh, all those 15 blood Bloodstalkers could all shoot. So hero phase shooting off a couple other heroes shooting off you know just just plinking some wounds around and then being able to essentially do that anytime i didn't need to save a unit with cp for uh for battle shock if, if it got bad enough uh which it really it only ever happened once with my uh shadow stalkers they got they got uh they got hit in the back line and there's only two left. I saw just pop the cp and save them which was really handy because then they could just teleport around and start capturing objectives on their own whenever they, they were abandoned by my, my opponent. So um, yeah, being able to <laughs> just shoot 15 stalkers, every hero phase move and then shoot again, really puts a damper on your opponent's plans. And and both the, the blood sisters and the blood stalkers do mortal wounds on a roll of a six. Uh, oh no, it's no, sorry. No, 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 no. It's the blood stalkers that do mortal wounds on a six, six plus. So it can, can has, has that been modified? Has that been changed? I don't have the I don't have the Shadow and Pain War Scrolls in front of me. Has so, that been changed to be a flat yes. six? Yes. So if the unmodified hit roll of an attack made of a heart streaker bow is a six, the attack inflicts one mortal wound on the target. Attack sequence ends, and they also have two shots each now instead of one. 
so you can't modify, guys. So the reason uh, I call that out is uh, the old book or the, the battle tome would say 6+, plus, which means that any way you can get a plus 1 to hit or a plus 2, you'd actually bring that, that down. But that now has been updated from Shadow and Pain. So now it's just a flat 6 with the Heart Seeker um, bows that if you roll a 6, flat 6, which also means if you've got a, a modification, so there's anyone that's causing minus 1 to hit, that doesn't come into play. So you're doing mortals on a 6. Yeah, and even if you like, you want to fish for sixes, but like I said, you, and with the unit fifteen, I was rolling thirty dice. But even if I didn't, it's still threes to hit, threes to wound, and minus one rend, one damage. That's still going to eat through quite a bit. So, it, it, it nothing, nothing seems. And then Blood Sisters, uh, their turn to crystal. Also, now it's at the end of combat phase. You pick one enemy within one inch of this unit. Roll one dice for each model in this unit. For each three plus, it's a mortal wound. So it's no longer. It's they're much cleaner. These are much easier ways to handle these rules. Uh, so I'm very happy about the changes, especially the Bloodstalkers getting two attacks because now Bloodstalkers, you look at them and go, yes, I would like to take some of these. I think the interesting thing as well is both the Blood Sisters and the Bloodstalkers have that movement eight, so they're certainly quite fast. They've mm -hmm. got that bravery. They've got uh, you know a good bravery. They've got two wounds apiece. Uh, Battle Shock does hurt, obviously. You know, losing two wound models as opposed to a one wound. Canary yeah. daughter. Um, but five plus armor save, that's that seems to me quite low. As, that hasn't that hasn't changed on um uh, no, it's, the, right? It's it's still five plus. It it does hurt them. I mean the, if they were one wound each, that would be absolutely terrible. But being two wounds each, you have a five up, six up essentially. It, it's not the worst. Uh, like I said, units of five for either Malusi, I, I'm starting to find kind of go away pretty quick. Uh, but the the unit of 15 Bloodstalkers, they actually got charged late game by a couple units, but thankfully had the Shadow Queen still nearby because my opponent did ignore Marathi for too long. Uh, so they got an extra attack. So three attacks each, threes and fours, no round one damage. I was still putting out a pretty good hurt with my shooty snakes, essentially, in combat. And then I also had my Blood Rites table buff, so I was getting rerolls there. So, you know, it's... I, I think I like the snakes in units of 10, when and where you can do it. You could probably still get away with the Bloodstalkers being a units of five spaced out. So, you know, it kind, kind of see what, what you feel, how you want to do it, whether you're trying to take advantage of uh, Marathi's command ability to shoot in the hero phase, or if you're, I mean, if you want to go more combat heavy, you can also attack in the hero phase too that way, so. Yeah, and, and, and uh, th that was probably why I wanted to call that out, is that, you know, with an, uh, an armor save of five plus, being two wounds apiece, it might be worth incorporating a larger block uh having a unit of 10 you're having a unit of 15 but you do lose you know board presence you lo do lose um a bunch of units and you are kind of yeah, positioning your center of power in marathi and the blood sisters so uh and if you are your blood sisters or your blood stalkers are in combination with marathi it does mean that you know your opponent can be using the other parts of the table to to win the battle while you've got this big center of power with so many points tied in because you're trying to get the additional attack for being close to Marathi. And, and even so, if you just take this list as it is, if you drop the three units of Stalkers and just make your three Blood Sisters units of 10, I mean, you're, you're all combat, but the list still fits as is. And if you're going to do that, I'd say maybe drop the uh, Shadow Stalkers and put in a, a um, Hag Queen to uh, pass off the, uh, the Witch Brew to a, a unit. You're so, you, it's not going to be bad at all. So I mean, if you're looking for more combat heavy and you're like, I don't like the shooty snakes or I don't want to, I just want to go combat. That's an easy switch for this list. 
to, to make it worthwhile. So, yeah, no, that's good. And we, and we know the, the, the Viperic guard got it right. Viperic guard, Vampiric guard, Vampiric Vampiric guard the, the, unless there's vampire <laughs> daughters of Cain coming soon, which, oh my gosh, how crazy would that be? Death, <laughs> death snakes. Uh, no, the Viperic guard. Um, so we've obviously, that's going to capture a lot of this army. Uh, and we know that when we look at that out, that's going to, uh, once per battle in the, uh, the hero can use their command ability without spending command point, which is awesome. You've obviously got the increased bravery. So hopefully you won't have to use a lot of inspiring presence. Um, we know that the Bailwind Vortex is coming in to go on Little Marathi. So Little Marathi will, will use the, the, the Bailwind Vortex, increase her range to be able to, uh, cast Mind Razor, I guess, as the army kind of moves up the board, as well as the plus one armor save. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Mind Razor, it, it works on everything. So if it went in doubt, you could just cast it on the Shadow Queen because you're throwing the Shadow Queen into combat. But if you can get it on units of snakes, it's it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's not her only spell. She can cast more than that. Her, her spell in her war scroll is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to mention, like, if you, there's the realm spells too. So, I, I played in the realm of fire. So, being able to just, you know, essentially throw some fireballs around, pretty good. Oh, yeah. Arcane Bolt, the Mystic Shield. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're playing in the realms, obviously the realm spells, there are some quite good realm spells as well. So, being a triple caster, I think, is really cool. But getting the plus one to, to dispelling and unbinding can be quite powerful too. So, um, I mean, hey, Getting her on a bale wind extends that black horror of Ulgu to 42 inches. Yep. Um, so it's a very big board presence. Um, the other unit that we don't have listed here, just because War Scroll Builder isn't updated, is the new K Knight Shadow Stalkers that have come out of Warcry, now have points. Um, as of recording, they are nine for 100 points. Uh, the leader does have a couple of extra wounds, so I think it works out to be, what, 11 wounds in the unit? Yeah, three, three wounds um, on the uh, hero. Yeah. Or champ, you, uh, champion, sorry. And you can take this unit. So this comes in a unit of nine. You can go up to a unit of 18, so you can yes. get double. You can't go any more than 18. So talk to me about why you would uh, go the Shadow Stalkers. So by the way, the 100 points that are spare here, folks, in, you know, this obviously to go into the K Knight Shadow Stalkers. Talk to me about why you've gone those guys instead of the, this unit instead of, uh, I guess, the Canary. What are they bringing to the table? You know, when I look at this, you know, I think I saw an interesting Twitter conversation where people were talking about, I guess, the pros and cons of the Shadow Stalkers. And one of the big things that I think people kind of maybe over focused on was that the the web, the, the missile weapon, the uh, the cursed missiles, um, have, have only a range of six, mm -hmm. while when they do their little teleport, they've got to be like most teleports outside of nine. So if you teleport, you can't shoot, you're out of range. So I think some people went, oh, that's not very good. But why have you found a hundred points to bring into your list and what do they bring into the table? Well, if I could be fully honest, I'd rather take them in a unit of 18. Uh, maybe not in this list, obviously points were kind of at a premium with Marathi Kane in there, but I love them in a unit of 18. Um, probably, just going to leave them back hiding away either screening out back line if my opponent has some uh table edge shenanigans um keep try and keep them out of harm's way because turn three you get the reroll ones to hit so you teleport them over turn two you go into turn three you're now within range of shooting because you moved them up so you've got the reroll ones to hit as you're trying to fish for those sixes for their shooting um so 
really that's that's how I like to use it. I still use them in the same fashion, just only with the unit of ten. Um, like I said, they got caught in combat, got seven of them wiped out pretty quickly. Uh, thankfully, had a hero close enough that I was able to uh, keep them around with a with a little CP Battleshock community. Uh, and then still, even two was useful because my opponent left an objective. I just teleported over and grabbed it. <laughs> so being able to just teleport is just fantastic. Anywhere at any any time, essentially. Uh, yeah, I think for me, that was where I would always find 100 points for these Shadow Stalkers. So the rule we're talking about here is Shadow Leap. So in the movement phase, instead of making a normal move with the unit, uh, you can use Shadow Leap. If you do so, remove the, the unit from the battlefield and set it up anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches from an enemy. So you can use this more than once. So you can use this in turn one, turn two, turn three, turn four, turn five. And you can keep jumping around, stealing objectives, positioning, blocking, um, you you know movement is king as uh, as joe in the chat's talking about I, I couldn't agree more so having that flexibility because once the canary are kind of on the table they've just got to retreat they've got to run away uh the the ability to be able to move around the board is is pretty crazy and the 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 harness shadow harness shadow uh where you subtract one to the hit rolls made by melee weapons that target the unit as well uh make them a little bit more durable as well so um and they do some mortal wounds yeah with the cursed missile so if they do hit with another modified six they're doing mortals so while it is only six inches uh and the attack profile is not that great it's one attack hits on fours wounds on threes no rend for one damage um it could just be enough chip enough chip before they get in with their assassin blades and their umbral blades. Yeah, and if you can catch uh, like a small foot hero in the back line off guard, you could take him out. There, there's no doubt about that. There's there's enough power there to take that out. Like I said, if you have him in units 10, you want to use them for movement shenanigans, most of all. I like to take him in unit 18 because that way I can get closer, get some nice shooting in and even get stuck in and, and maybe to even take out like a, a back line objective holding unit, not just a, you know, a hero or just claiming something that was walked off of. They could be something that sits on your own back. And you, you and unlike the Canera, you do set them up on the table. Uh, you know, for me, when I think about this unit, I could set them up as a back back objective holder initially, and then either I go aggressive with them early and try to uh, take points early, or they could just be sitting there. And then once the kind of battle is in my favor or maybe my opponent's moved off an objective, turn three, turn four, I could then use that shadow leap to then kind of as the, the attrition's kind of come in and there's less bodies on the board, I have more space to move around, I can pick that unit up and secure a back objective. Um, for some of those ones where you get more points for a home objective or, you know, you get a combination of, you know, uh, the, the two ones on the side, you get some bonus points. You, yeah, the utility for this, and I think this is a late game unit. Um when I look at this, I'm thinking about this as holding it out back and maybe turn three, likely turn four, possibly turn five if the game goes that long. Um, that's there right were, for a small unit. There, there was uh, one use I can see for them being an early game player more than more than much else. Um, but it, then it kind of reverts. You still revert the role back to being more end game. But if you put them up front early and let your opponent position, and that's the juicy target for them to to try and charge. Uh, so they're going to try and get position, but you know it's a long charge, 12, 11, 10 even. You know, you're kind of taking a gamble, but I'm a Kraith player, so I like gambles. So if they if they get it, okay, you, you, you at least you're minus one to hit. Let's see what happens. If they miss it, well, all of a sudden they position to go after this unit that is now just gone. 
and all of a sudden your you know block of witch elves, your block of snakes are now up <laughs> right through where those that unit was and gonna counter charge you instead and, and probably take off whatever you were going after the Shatterstalkers with. So you could use them as early bait and move them away and just keep them in the back line for the late gameplay still. Um, but like I said, it's more of a risk as opposed to you can just keep them in the back line and keep them safe and just use them late game purely. It's a hundred points, so it's really just where your head's at with the game and maybe your opponent and and matchups. I like I like the ability as well. You know, one, one consideration for taking a unit of eighteen is being able to you know sh again shadow leap, but being able to take around the board and and make it really hard for an opponent to charge and get into me. You know, especially with someone who's got a flyer, whether it's you know let's say a terror guy, some more crusher, some type of flying um, maybe. Beast Claw Raider Stone Horns don't have don't have um, Griff Feather Charm anymore, but I can use that ability to kind of block off and screen parts of the board and make it really hard with those big bases to deny them getting to where they want to be, uh, which would be the you know the Blood Stalkers, the um, the Blood Sisters who don't have a really good armor save and they don't want to take the hit, especially some of them doing mortal wounds on the hit. So that can be a nice little objective, kind of just claiming objectives, going for objectives, but also uh, denying parts of the board. And even 200 points for a unit of 18 is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you can even use them for, uh, you know, going you know, going and just protecting a hero or throwing Marathi or Shadow, the Shadow Queen up very far in front and then teleport them right in front of her base. So it's in juicy charge range. So they're going to charge this small unit. They have to attack, but Marathi is still within range of all of her attacks to just reach over them and, and two tons of damage. So, uh, you know, you give your opponent pause. It's like, do I make this easy charge, take out this unit and get stuck in combat with Marathi? Because I'm not going to be able to attack Marathi this turn, but she's still going to be able to attack this unit that charges in there. So there, there's lots of good plays with them. I, I can't wait to take this unit into shifting objectives. <laughs> and just make my opponent cry because <laughs> it's like oh where's the object that okay i'm over here now all right i'm over here <laughs> i can't wait to take this unit against a mega gargant unit with a uh a kraken eater who kicks the objective and i go lol i'll teleport and i'll take it anyway and you can keep kicking it and i'm just gonna keep like like a, like a really good soccer goalie i'm just gonna keep blocking yep. the objective every time you boot you it but um, I really like it. One, I, I bought them because of the lore. I'm going um, I'm going um, Calibron. I like the shadow kind of theme. So I kind of went in there before I saw the rules. But yeah. um, maybe, the, maybe the big question I've got before we kind of wrap this episode up, and um, as I did mention earlier on in the show, if you joined us late, that we will do a second episode that's purely focused more on the Witch Elf side. So how do these rules come into play when it comes to your Hagnar, your Calibron that I keep talking about, your Drake Kaneth, your um, your Kraith? Like, does does this change and does it make it Witch Elves not viable anymore? Does it mean, you know, certain list buildings? And we'll go through that very soon uh, on a future episode. It won't be that long because I'm building a sister's, a sister's army, so I need to get all the Sisters of Slaughter and I need to get that, that wisdom from your, your head. But talk to me about this build. So you've obviously got Marathi, you've got the the Medusa, you've got the Iron Scale, you've got your Blood Sisters, you've got your Blood Stalkers. How do you think this kind of list would go in a non Cobra Kai list? You know, does it have legs in the other builds, or do you think that Snake Temple is the only place to be taking snakes right now? No, I mean you could take Snake List, maybe not this specific list, but like. Uh, a snake list in Calibron would be fantastic. Um, why? Why? Why would it be good in Calibron? 
just just because then you have the small units and like the, the, the teleporting around um, minus one to be shot. I, I just that seemed to be the old snake home before Cobra Cry came out, uh, and it still can be. Um, like I said, let, let, let's take Marathi Kane Shadow Queen just set her aside because we've said many times she can go into any list and just make it more powerful. Um, she just eats up points to do so. Uh, I, I'll, I'll run anything in Kraith, but uh, if, if you're going to take Kraith, you want to have as many attacks as possible. I can get more attacks out of Witch Elves. Maybe maybe want to take a Snake List in Kraith. Draychik and Neth definitely seems to play more with the uh, Kanari and the uh, uh, Sisters of Slaughter because of their extra Palin range, Retreat Charge. Uh, Hagnar, yeah, Snakes and Hagnar would be fantastic because extra wounds, you want to keep these girls around longer, yeah. So Calibron, uh, Xanthar Kai, and, Hag yeah, and Hagnar, I think, are all great places to do a snake army. Yeah, Xanthar Kai, I, I really like this temple, especially if I was going... And maybe the other question I'll have for you, the other side is, is how do you feel about maybe the Witch Elf Sisters of Slaughter kind of build in Cobra Kai? Now, I know the answer to this, but I, just, I want you to say it. Um, how do you feel, like, if I was to bring my Sisters of Slaughter and my Witch Elves into a Cobra Kai... Do you think there's a, maybe a, a, a good balance between 50-50, like snakes and witch elves? Or do you think the incentives are just too strong to always focus on the snakes and the medusae? I'd say the canari. No, I, I honestly, like in, you, like I said, you know my answer. Put witch, witch elves everywhere. I love witch elves. They're my favorite models, units, everything. But uh, I actually foresee as we expand out from this, um, no matter what temple you choose, I'm, you know, even my Kraith, I'm probably going to bring a unit or two of Bloodstalkers, get some nice shooting attacks in. Even here, like, okay, maybe instead of taking so much, the maybe I'll, I'll drop one of the Blood Sisters and a couple of Bloodstalkers, bring in a unit of 30 Witch Elves and a, and a Hag Queen. Um, I'm seeing that this is going to be a more balanced list of using more of the book than it used to be, as opposed to being all one or all the other. I still don't think Doomfire Warlocks are going to get as much love as they probably should. They they still feel like a weird outcast. Uh, there is use for them. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have 10 of them, but I, I just don't ever really see much use for them. But I think your choice of temple will make you lean heavily towards something, whether it's snakes or Sisters of Slaughter or, or Witch Elves. Uh, but I think all temples can also have a mix to a certain extent and still be viable and powerful. My my thoughts, and um, this is only thoughts, I haven't played it out, so bear with me here, is I can see a world where I run a list very similar to Chuck's. I can run lots of snakes, whether it's Blood Sisters or Blood Stalkers, but I could see a world where I run, because um, one thing I think this, this army is struggling with or lacks is it doesn't have screens. So it's not going to handle a turn one alpha. It's not going to handle uh, an Iron Jaws, Iron Sun hitting you in turn one. It's not going to handle some type of like really quick army in your face. So I could see a world where potentially you do have one or two units of minimum size 10 of uh, sisters with, with sorry, witch elves with shields or some units of, um, of uh, sisters of slaughter. Um, not going deep with them, but having a couple of screens who could be running around the backfields, who could be uh, just harassing and being annoying, but also protecting those blood sisters and blood stalkers. So then as soon as I'm ready to, to unleash them, whether it's through the uh, the Iron Scale Medusa, whether it's just, you know, the the, the blood rights table, um, I've had screens protecting them um, as they advance up the board. Um, but that's my theory. It's not tested, but I could see a world where there's value there. 
uh, and you don't have to go 100% snake. I, I think if you were going to do screens in this list specifically, I would do Canare. Because of the battalion? There, uh, not, not, you could do it with the, you could do it with the, the battalion with the uh, the scape scape uh, scape coven for sure. Um, I'm just saying because they're cheaper than witch elves. Of course, this was a slaughter. They still have the shield, so even though they're going to get attacked, they're going to do mortal wounds back. Um, on a, on a six to, on a, on a six to save, they'll do mortal wounds back in combat. Um, so I would take them, and then you could drop down and screen anywhere you want at any given time. Turn so I think. One. Like if you're if you've got like an Iron Jaws, Iron Sun, for example, coming at you turn one, they've got the drops on you. Um, if it, I mean, if it's if it's top of one and they're alpha charging you because you positioned up too high, I mean, you're in trouble. Like I, that just is what it is. But if it's you get to go first, you could drop them down wherever you need to go. So, like I said, I, I would use them more as screens, and then if they, because not, not don't forget, like they can screen and move away. They can because they, yeah, they've got the four plus, they can move. They can move right. forward, they can move backwards. And, you know, we've already talked about the Shadow Stalkers as well, so they always can be a good screen as well, as well yeah. as a utility piece. Yeah. Like I said, it, it, if I was to do screens in this list, because, like, in the game I played, I, I will say, like, the Blood Sisters started to become screens for my Blood Stalker unit, which was not exactly ideal. So Expensive. It's an expensive screen. Yeah. Um, no, no, no I, I wanted to bring that up because um, for someone who maybe is uh, has, has a traditional witch elf sisters of slaughter type army they're wondering do i need to shelve this or uh and just go all snakes now or canary um i think there is a build um i, I but i think to your point as well the shadow stalkers the canary uh especially with some of the battalions who you can actually put them in and obviously reduce your drops that uh could be an incentive to bring the canary and the, the, the speed of the army compared to going sisters of slaughter or witch elves so i think yeah uh it's exciting i think that, as you said uh earlier on in this episode this is probably the most diverse daughters of cain we have seen probably since the book released i think initially when the book dropped like back in what 2018 we did see some really nice mixed lists but they've really gone deep in certain builds and um i like that we've unpacked and uh unlocked some some cool builds yeah feel free to mix and match you know take a unit of 30 witch elves take some 10 blood sisters take marathi like you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna be found wanting even if you mix it up a little bit like that so as you said even the uh the doomfire warlocks have a place their spell is very good uh it's just the rest of the things don't work as well um but that's another episode chuck yep. any final thoughts or any comments as i mentioned we are going to do a witch off episode um sooner rather than later but and uh if people want to know more about chuck and they want to see that awesome i'm gonna bring it up one more time because it's just beautiful um <laughs> if people want to see more about chuck he does have a blog strength hammer i have linked it below uh his only fans to see his beautiful uh marathi yes. cosplay uh <laughs> is paywalled at ten dollars a day no um if people want to learn more chuck you've always got your blog you've got a youtube channel as well uh yep. any shout outs anything you wanted to kind of share with us before we kind of wrap up uh if you want to see my more day-to-day -day madness you can follow me on twitter or instagram strength hammer underscore um i also am very into lifting heavy weights so and taylor swift as, as, as that was mentioned so if you want to follow me anywhere and see daughters of kane weightlifting and taylor swift stuff all day uh please come give me a follow
I, I would suggest maybe muting him for at least 48 hours because uh, at, at this yes. time of recording, Taylor Swift is about to drop a new album. So uh, I imagine I'll have to mute you, Chuck, for at least 24 hours. Just mute the word Taylor Swift and you'll be fine. It's going to be, yeah, it's it's Mary Swiftmas. Mary Swiftmas, everybody. <laughs> all right. Well, all I'm going to say is Brittany is best. She is superior. Uh, and I've proved that on the tabletop against you, Chuck, so you can't disagree in my house when I've proved it right. <laughs> rematch Chuck, is coming. 2022. Re rematch is coming. Adepticon money is being saved. But, Chuck, or absolute Cancon. pleasure. Well, or CanCon. Let's do both. Uh, but we all have another, another episode very, very, very soon. Uh, and let's talk about different Witch Elf builds. Um, Chuck, thank you very much. I know it's late. Uh, thanks, everyone, for hanging out. Okay, everybody. Mate. How good was that video? Surely it's going to go straight to the pool room. If you enjoyed that video, I would appreciate it if you crush that like button. And if you have an opinion, leave it in the comment section. That lets YouTube know it's a great video and it should share it with other Age of Sigmar players. Cheers to all the bloody legends here on the screen who have financially supported AOS Coach on Patreon on YouTube members. Their contributions have helped me improve the quality, frequency, and the variety of content on this channel. So cheers, guys. You are bloody legends. Until the next video, don't forget to shoot the heroes and have a good one.